Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. Today, we've brought in some Christian business owners, uh, local Christian business owners. So today, I've got with me Matt Riveras. Is that how you say your last name, Riveras? Yes. And then uh, Chris and Amanda Medford. So we're going to talk with them a little bit about what it's like being a Christian and a business owner at the same time. Uh, so first, Matt, let's start with you. Um, where you, Share briefly about yourself, where you're from. You're from this area, uh, what business you own and operate, and then how long you've been at Spring Hills, things like that. Yeah, um, I'm from Sonoma County, lived here 30 plus years, um, grew up in the South Bay, in San Jose, um, came here in uh, 1983 and uh, started growing up, basically. I was 18 years old and trying to figure out my way. Um, what brought you here? My grandmother lived here okay. and I've always, as growing up as a kid, always wanted to live in Sonoma County for some reason. It's beautiful. That's probably why. Um, it was that same year that I moved here that, uh, that I received Christ. Oh, awesome. And then really didn't get to do much with it as an 18 year old in Sonoma County in 1983. It was, right. uh, it was a, it was a tough road. Um, and, uh, let's see, your other question was, oh, how long you from? been in Spring Hills? Spring Hills since, uh, last February, I believe. Oh, cool. So um, fairly recent actually. Yeah. Okay, cool. I always, with people that are brought on here, I always ask that question and it's, it's, I shouldn't say it's surprising. It, for some reason, it always surprises me how recent a lot of people are to Spring Hills. Cause I've only been here close to four years now. And so when I'm like, oh, you started after I came here, I'm not used to people being after me. I feel like I'm still one of the new guys. So, uh, so what brought you over to Spring Hills? Just checking out churches? Well, my wife and I had been checking out churches our entire married life together, and we really were turned off in so many situations that we'd experienced. And uh, my wife was shopping at uh, Oliver's Market, met Devin. You guys are one of the Devin people. Devin recruited my wife. He just looked at her and he said, hey, um, you need to come to my church, basically. Devin is, go, go ahead, finish, because I, I want to say something about Devin. Yeah, so m my wife comes home, and she says, I was at the market. I met this young boy. His face just lit up. He said we needed to come to his church, and it's Spring Hills. Do you want to go? And I immediately, without even thinking, said, yes, let's go. That's and amazing. So I actually, I talked to your wife about this with, with Devin. So, um, yeah. and I think she had just gone through like growth track or something yeah. right after this, but Devin, do you guys know Devin? I don't think so. Devin is a, is a kid, him and his grandma come They They're at the nine thirty service every week and they sit right in the middle in the front. Um, and Devin is the most enthusiastic person I've ever seen when it comes to worshiping Jesus. He loves music. He loves worship music specifically. Every week after the 930 service, I go down. And he's like, what songs did you sing? Uh, how do I do this with the video? How do I get the words up on the screen? So every year with Devin on his birthday in January, we do, after church, we do a concert with him. And we let him come up on stage. And we the band plays with him. And he leads worship. And his family and friends wow. come in. And it's, it's heartwarming because as a worship pastor, to see somebody who genuinely just adores it. I tell him all the time, like, Devin, you're a better worship leader than I am. You, mm -hmm. the the way that you purely are just like, let's worship together. Come on. And he's talking to people around, let's worship. Come on, let's do this. So Devin, that's cool to, to, to connect that because he invites people. Uh, he's shamelessly inviting everybody he comes across. And there's multiple people here at Spring Hills that are at church because of Devin, people that have never even attended church before. 
are here because of Devin invited. So that's cool, Matt, to, yeah. to connect that. Um, let's go to Matt and Amanda. So you guys tell us briefly about you. What's your story? Where are you from? How long you've been at Spring Hills? And what business are you? Sorry. And Chris and Amanda. I shoot, Matt. You know why I say Matt and Amanda? Because <laughs> no. Matt Anderson oh, and his yeah. sister Amanda Anderson. <laughs> Chris and Amanda Medford. I'm sorry, Chris. I've done that twice. I did that with Matt, Matt Riveras earlier, too. I was like, Matt and Amanda will be in here in a minute. <laughs> that is absolutely. So Chris and Amanda Medford, tell me about yourself. Where are you from? What business do you own and operate? Um, I'm originally from the Sacramento area. Um, Chris is from the other side of the bay. And we met in Sacramento. He was up there going to William Jessup University. Um, and we own the Chick-fil-A in Santa Rosa on Mendocino. Cool. William Jessup. Yes, sir. What year? Oh, goodness. I have a reason for asking. Uh, oh, I'm going to age you, huh? Do you not know what people that's, know? No, that's okay. <laughs> uh, I think 2007. Okay, so 2007. I was literally... Uh, recruited to go play basketball there in 2006. So I almost came in the, the basketball season, 06, 07, that school year. I was almost there with you. That's uh, awesome. I, I ended up choosing not to go. But, um, yeah, so William Jessup, that's cool. Did you study business? No, I I wanted nothing to do with business. Oh. Um, my degree is in clinical psychology and theology. Perfect for Chick-fil-A, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. So my passion was people. Okay. And um, I wanted to invest deeply um, in my community and the hurting. Um, and so uh, I graduated with a degree in clinical psychology, uh, went into the field, and um, ended up doing just that. Okay. Um, Wait, what area are you from? Originally, I'm from Oakland. Oh, okay. Yeah. So somewhat the Bay Area, East Bay. East Bay. All right. Yes. Cool. And then uh, William Jessup, why did you choose William Jessup? I chose William Jessup um, because I had been, I had worked with the government in uh, explosive ordnance detail. And um, we had taken a trip to Uganda and um, I was on the security detail there. And while I was there, uh, I met a pastor, um, well, a missionary rather, um, that I really just fell in love with. And uh, he had mentioned to me that he had gone to San Jose Christian, I'm sorry, San Jose Bible College. Um, and so after I got home, um, I knew that I wanted to go to a Christian college and pursue a, a degree in, um, in that area. And so I kept Google searching Santa Rosa, or I'm sorry, San Jose Bible College. And William Jessup kept coming Came up. up. Because uh, they had just they were and they were growing a lot at that point. Yes, uh, so they had just relocated, and um, I went into the school uh, to apply in Rockland, right? In Rockland, yep. And uh, I had intended to go um, and apply for uh, a degree in pastoral studies. Uh, I wanted to be a pastor. Thank goodness I'm not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, the pastoral head, uh, had been recently in a medical accident. And so they said, you know, you can't sign up for that degree today, but why don't you choose psychology? Switch we'll, over. We'll later. switch it over later. Yeah. And, um, uh, got into the psych, uh, program and just absolutely loved it. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. And so you, did you say you graduated in 07? 
Correct. Okay. Yeah. And then is the, you met at Jessup? Were you at Jessup? No, I graduated from San Diego State University. Okay. But you guys met in the Sacramento area. And yep. then, um, so what brought you to Sonoma County? Okay. So that wasn't, you weren't here before Chick-fil-A. Okay. Got it. All right. Well, let's jump into this. I've got some, uh, some questions to ask you guys about being Christians, being business owners. Um, so let's just start, let's basically start here. What would you say your strengths are as a business owner? Uh, let, Matt, let's go to you and then tell us a little bit about why, um, now what is the wash barn is the, the business that you just started on Mendocino, but what's the easy breezy car wash easy breezy is the name wash. of our company. Um, and, uh, the new, the newer location is called the wash barn. Got it. Because of its. And you guys are neighbors, shape. right? It's like, we what? we're just three we down the street from three each other. Little houses away, not houses, but locations away, I guess. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, Matt, what are some of your strengths as a business owner? That is a tough question really to answer. Um, and I, I would have to say it's probably just discernment, you know, being able to, uh, look at and understand quickly the situations and circumstances that I'm in. Um, you know, when I hear that question, it's, uh, I, I really go to my weaknesses first. Yeah. I think that's kind of a natural tendency for, for a lot of people. Cause I've asked this question a few times on the podcast and people, they respond with, Ooh, I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. Uh, uh why, why did you get, why the easy breezy? Why car washing? Yeah. Why car washing? Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, I liked my car clean yeah. and I found myself at self-serve car washes very often cleaning my car and uh, it was kind of a meditative thing and before I would go on a road trip, I would wash my car. Whenever I got to my destination in that road trip, I was washing my car and it was kind of a, I got made fun of by some of my peers at that time. No, were you the no food in the car kind of guy? Uh, definitely. Yeah. You know, don't spill that drink or you put a lid on it. Or, I was that kind of, I don't want to include myself in the OCD situation because we have someone who's studied psychology here. I don't want him to, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I might've fit that category okay. with my car, but what I did learn later on and in, in my career and background was ended up, I was in the mortgage banking industry for almost 20 years. And what I found was how people kept their desk or their workstation, um, or the, you know, their personal space told me a lot about how I needed to discern my engagement with them and how I was going to coach them along as a leader and at various times as a mentor when appropriate. Um, so car washing and keeping my car clean led me to learn a lot of aspects about myself and other people and um, how to apply those disciplines in owning a business. Um, you know, you're going to clean your car, you're going to clean up your checkbook. Uh, you're going to clean your car, you're going to clean up your financial statement. Um, there are some correlations that I've maybe um, unilaterally applied, um, but I really find that it is something that's uh, commonplace for people that um, if they can learn these disciplines and keeping their car clean, that probably translates into other aspects of their life that are beneficial for them as well. Yeah. I've seen that happen in my own life just having, cause I'm, I would never classify myself as OCD either. Um, even if you weren't sitting next to me, Chris, I still wouldn't <laughs> say that, but there are things we, that I'm very particular about. And, uh, I think that's a lot of times it's like, that's because, you know, my parents kind of instilled that in me, like keep the car clean. That was one of the things. If you're going to drive our car, you're going to keep it clean. 
Um, so I can, I can relate to that. And I think that leaked over into other aspects of my life as well. Yeah. Um, Matt and <laughs> Chris and Amanda, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, Chris and Amanda, uh, you can answer this separately together, however you want to, since you are married, um, you can, you can choose how to do this, but let's talk about your strengths as business owners. I think um, often in conversation, we come back to this thankfulness that we have about both of our experience in um, social work with people, conflict resolution, this kind of psychology background um, has served us very well. We rely on that quite a bit um, as we help our team navigate conflict resolution, um, leadership opportunities, growth. Um, really just partnering with people and walking through real life um, and how it relates to the business. So mm -hmm. I think both of our backgrounds and that has been really, really helpful in mm -hmm. the business world. Yeah. And I'm guessing, Chris, with your, uh, we were talking about your name tag stuff before we even started here. You like, you want the name tag on. Uh, are you a very disciplined person or is it certain areas that you're disciplined in? Uh, I think you might consider me a di disciplined person. My wife might not. <laughs> <laughs> I say that a lot too. Oh yeah, you guys might think I'm good at this. My wife would say I'm not good at this. Yeah. No, I think um, bottom line, uh, you know, we joke all the time. Like, what do you do for a living? Well, I sling chicken, you know. But really, uh, we're in the people business. Yeah. Every business is comprised of people, is designed to serve people, mm -hmm. um, and is um, as a benefit to that, they, it also, um, funds people's lifestyles. So, uh, Amanda and I say all the time, it's like having 105 kids, mm -hmm. right? Um, we have around hundred, hundred plus team members on our payroll and, um, we love every single one of them. It's like a family, um, with selective process, you know, you can't fire your sister. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, because there's that um, that level of performance evaluation in the process, you know, we can we can almost be tighter as a team as we ever could as a family. And so, um, I think our our greatest strength is just focusing on on people. We love people, and we care for people, and we. Um, do everything we can to um, push that forward. Yeah. How has how has being a Christian impacted your business, Matt? That's a tough question. Tougher than the first one. Oh well, I, this is only going to get better then. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, I I have to tell you that there are sometimes when I wonder how good a Christian I am actually being in my business life when I'm dealing with things like um, theft, vandalism. Um, uh, customers that are just, you know, maybe suffering from either extreme stress or mental illness or drug abuse, finding needles on my property. Um, I really am questioning myself and, and, and then coming on the other side of that where I'm really just praying for guidance, um, because you get angry. Um, and you know, as I said, we opened our business January 21st only to have to deal with the closure of the school and the junior college. And so that has really shackled our uh, ability to come out of the gates. Yeah. So you, you had, we talked when I came to, to the wash barn, we had talked, you said, I forget the numbers you told me, but you had done a test, a study on how many 
cars trafficked through that area, right? When we bought the property, we had traffic information that told us that there was somewhere between 22 and 26,000 cars a day on that uh, Mendocino Avenue, that part of Mendocino Avenue, only for it to get down to, you know, five to 8,000 cars a day. Because the schools are closed mainly. Exactly. Yeah. That's a huge chunk. I mean, the junior college is, you're directly across from the junior college, is that right? Directly across from Santa Rosa High School, a little bit oh, down yes. the street from the junior college. Okay. Um, and we were really, you know, we purchased that property three, four years ago um, with the intention of partnering with the schools and really, you know, educating them about our environmental contribution as a car wash and how we reclaim and, and reuse water. Um, we recycled a building, you know, our carbon footprint as far as car washes or just about any other business is lower than anyone that I can think of as we repurposed a 50 year old building. Um, and just to help kids with, you know, the educational process of business, et cetera, only to open our doors to no kids right. yeah. and, and no opportunity for, you know, teachers and, and coaches, et cetera, aren't really interested in talking about getting together with us right now because they're, they're kind dealing with their own stuff. It's cr- yeah. yeah. Well, they can't. They can't engage. Yeah, yeah. It's that's crazy. So yeah, I kind of interrupted you there and asked you that question. But um, being a Christian, impacting your business, right? So it. I think it just helps me have that place of where I can go emotionally, um, and uh, you know, look for guidance in how am I going to respond to the varying situations and circumstances as a business owner. Um, you know, some people have their gurus that they rely on in terms of how they go about operating their business. And I've found that being a Christian, um, you know, I've read a lot of books about leadership, business, etc. studied it. I've been in it. Um, but I have to say that as a Christian, I find greater peace in trusting my walk with the Lord and how I get to show up for our employees, or our customers, um, having that kind of relationship. Um, and, you know, the, the greater lesson, I think, is how to maintain a level of forgiveness as a business owner because you're constantly under some sort of attack as a business owner. It, it, it is not, you know, just money's rolling in. The attacks come uh, in the form of, you know, people that you see or regulations um, or, you know, just situations that you weren't, seemingly prepared for and you have to you know shift and and become uh responsive um or you have severe consequence um and so you know having a a trust and a faith in someone other than myself or um you know a book or a a class or whatever yeah it uh it really has helped me and and probably preserved a lot of my sanity over the years um, frankly, just in our building process, you know, we had a, a, an extended process and that wears on somebody after a while where, you, you know, the money's going out, the process is being delayed even further. And, you know, I can't go to my wife and talk about this stuff. I mean, I can, but sh- there's, there's, that's, you know, cathartic only to a certain point. Um, and it was last year that I really grabbed the Bible, and for the first time in my life, read the New Testament from beginning to end, um, which seemed timely because I think when I got to Revelation, it started to help me understand what's going on with COVID and (laughs) some of this other stuff. But um, I have to say that in the last year and a half, 
um, being a Christian has probably really saved my uh, my sanity and and really helped me with some of the frustrations that I've had to deal with that sure. otherwise I I don't know how I would have dealt with some of these things. Yeah, I mean we're dealing with it here at the church. There's a lot of things we've had to shift and adjust in ways that we never thought that we would. Um, I've talked to Brett about this many times on the podcast, and it's one of those things that's just kind of like you know what we are literally in the business of God, right? And we still have to remind ourselves constantly, like, this isn't going to happen on our own power. This is this is going to happen with God. Um, and we watched the church go from um, growing numerically, spiritually growing, and then it was like COVID hits, and there had been two Sundays in the existence of the church that we didn't have church meet on campus, and then COVID hits, and then it's all of a sudden, it's it's 17 weeks of it. And that's an adjustment Brett wasn't prepared for. The staff wasn't prepared for. And it's just like, okay, what are we going to do? Here we go. And the podcast was actually a, a, a product of that shift is like, hey, how do we get more content out there? So um, Chris and Amanda, I got it right that time. Um, how about you guys? You guys have a unique, a unique maybe insight on this because your business is openly run by Christians. And um, so how is being Christians? Oh, you did. Maybe I'm not right about that. (laughs) The face (laughs) that you made makes me think that. But let's just ask that question with you guys. How has being Christians impacted your business? Uh, I think being being Christians has absolutely impacted every single area of how we run the business. Um, I would be clear, though, um, we're not a Christian. We don't consider ourselves to be a Christian business. Um, I don't believe that Christ died for business. Mm-hmm. Um, Christ died for people. Um, and we have to consistently remember that. Um, like Matt was saying, there are myriad struggles and um, difficulties that come along the way. Um, and it's important for us to remember Christ died for people. Like our business is not the end-all, be-all. Um, our business is simply a vehicle to bless people. And so um, we try to look for ways to do that in every way possible, whether it's through the direct experience of a customer transaction or through our relationship with our team members um, or through the folks who come up on our doorstep that need help. I mean, there's a. It would surprise you, and Matt could attest to this, how many people come up and find themselves lambasted on our uh, front front porch that need help that would that are coming to us for help that would never go to a church. Mm-hmm. And so we your, can your workplace becomes a ministry. Exactly, we can we very much consider it a ministry. Um, how can we serve this person the best? How can we get the gospel into their hands? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I got a couple more questions for you. We're going to talk about. I want to talk about COVID. I know that's been probably a big adjustment for uh, for not just people in their everyday lives, but business owners as well. Um, we've heard a lot of struggles with that. So we'll get to that in just a minute. I got a couple other questions, you know, Christians being in, in, uh, in business here. I just did the story of Spring Hills. I did a series with Brett and Eve talking about the, basically the process that it was in 1992, starting the church. We went basically in chunks of time. So the first couple years and then the next couple years, and then we ended up here in the COVID days. But 
one of the common themes that kept coming up throughout that whole thing was the miracles that they saw God perform throughout the entire existence of Spring Hills. So what kind of miracles have you seen God perform in your own business that's helped you uh, keep going or that that's uh, that's just, you know, contributed to your business? Uh, we can start again. We start with you, Matt. Um, contributed to your business as a whole. I think the miracle that I'm there um, is really how I would answer that. Um, you know, if, if you could see the video of where I came from to where I've gotten to, um, the, the miracles are, are endless. Um, having mentors, people that, you know, just put themselves in my path, uh, that were truly, you know, blessings, um, angels, uh, that were moved to give me information that allowed me to discern how to, you know, navigate a path. Um, you know, the, the, the opening of this, um, well, let me just back up. I had a career of almost 20 years in a, um, you know, a mortgage banking. It was fantastic. I had a great area from Monterey to Ukiah. Um, I was traveling a lot in that capacity. I had a big budget um, and a lot of financial success in that career. Um, I left that career to be in the car washing business. Most people don't make that kind of move without uh, some sort of uh, awareness or acceptance or inspiration that is other than themselves. Um, and so the miracle of making that kind of move, that that's God moving the hand and uh, altering my life. And that happened in 2006. In 2007, this country had a financial meltdown like it hadn't seen in many, many years. The hand of God plucked me out of the mortgage business just in time and gave me the understanding of a direction. And that direction is what has me sitting here today at this point. And although I can tell you the trials and tribulations of opening the new location, um, this is the business that I want to be in. Um, as unsexy as it may be at times, um, I believe that I'm contributing in the way that I'm meant to contribute to the community in such a way that elevates, uh, you know, a very unsexy business such as car washing. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, Chris and Amanda, I'm getting the hang of it now. Um, it sounded like you both had a little bit of change of direction in your careers as well, right? I think where you were in social work, right, Amanda? Uh, yeah, more and then or less. What was you, before Chick-fil-A, Chris, what were you doing? Uh, I was in the mental health field. The what? Mental health field. Mental health field. Okay, yeah. so you were working in psychology. Correct. Um, and so what was the, the shift there? Was that another thing, kind of like Matt's talking about being a miracle that God has uh, has placed the, this opportunity in your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Chris was um, laid off from his position in the mental health field um, as the youngest tenure in his position. Um, he was the first to be laid off and um, happened to know through ministry at our church, the owner and operator of the store in Roseville, where we um, were living. I've been to that store. The, Ch the Chick-fil-A. Yes, the yes. Chick-fil-A there. Um, so he said, hey, I have this opportunity. It's a short period of time. We could use somebody that could, you know, with your skill set, would, would you ever consider it? And he Sure, hopped on board for a short period of time, fell in love with the organization, um, realized the opportunity. Um, we actually had dinner with um, some friends that are other owner operators, and they said, you're dumb if you don't consider this. I mean, they sent you to the Super Bowl last year, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great, it's an, 
unbelievable they, organization. They seem to unbelievable. Be, a, be, yeah, that's awesome. They definitely walk the walk um, of caring well for for their people um, and for not their people. Um, they're really an amazing, amazing organization that's that cool. we are um, honored. I usually when I get talking about it or think about it, um, actually tear up at the, yeah. at the opportunity um, that we have to serve with Chick-fil-A. Yeah, because not all organizations are that good to their people. Absolutely. Or the people that aren't their people. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we realized um, coming out of, so I fully intended to go back into the health or the mental health field. Um, okay. uh, and I realized after evaluating the business and the opportunity that we had so much greater of an opportunity to impact people's lives through private business mm -hmm. So we could interject with our community. We could interject with other businesses. We can interject with civil and civic organizations um, in ways that you really never could in the psych field. And I thought that was just the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Um, and we've really held tight to that. Yeah. We love that. Cool. Let's let's move into. The, I mean, we're still in COVID. I want to say let's go to the COVID. We're still there, um, <laughs> and who knows how long it's going to last, right? I mean, things have been kind of crazy. But uh, what's been the main challenge, just as business owners in the COVID days? I'm, I mean, Matt, we talked about the traffic. I'm sure that's affected y'all as well with uh, with people coming through and seeing your Chick Fil A store there. Um, what's been some of the other challenges besides like the the number of people that are trafficking by your businesses? Well. For us, one of our initial challenges was uh, a police officer stopping by and telling us that we needed to close. Oh, I remember, yeah. Because remember we were about deemed non-essential. And uh, we, you know, my business partner and I, we took that as, okay, maybe we need to consider that. And the more that we considered that, the more we realized, well, wait a minute, our business model is already socially distanced in its design. And so maybe we need to push back a little bit which I did, and I asked um, some questions of the police officer the next time he came around of what would happen to me, and uh, without going into the detail of that discussion, I was able to uh, surmise that I was willing to take that risk, um, and I wrote some email, various email, to uh, our health official um, and uh, uh, chief of police, our sheriff, um, their various counsel, and this is what, three months after you opened? This is within a couple of months of opening. Um, helping them understand that what I would prefer is rather than just shutting down because we're deemed non-essential, that they would send a health official or a health inspector to our business to look at our protocols and then deem us uh, a threat rather than non-essential, which I really wish they would have done with a lot of businesses because so many businesses that were forced to close and deemed non-essential. Just never had a chance. They really just didn't, and they were so afraid, and, and um, you know, I don't fault them for that, but for whatever reason, you know, you talk about those miracles, I was willing to stand up and say, hey, wait a minute, um, we're already a socially distanced uh, design, and uh, we're basically a drive-through like many other drive-through, um, and we don't handle cash. So there's no interaction. And there's no exchange of goods. No. Yeah. So maybe our cars need to be cleaner during COVID. And maybe we are offering a little more of a service than we initially intended through this pandemic. Yeah. Um, and 
I didn't get any pushback and I didn't get arrested and I didn't get thrown in jail and I didn't get fined. I hope I don't as a result of saying this in an open forum, but, uh, um, you know, we I, have millions of listeners. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I exactly. I hope the health official isn't one of them, but, um, another miracle. Yeah. That's we, awesome. We stayed open. Um, we did the best that we could and served our community to the best of our ability. Um, gave people, you know, you talk about mental health, washing one's car when you're cooped up for three or four months and you can get out of the house and wash your car. We had many people saying, Oh, thank you for staying open because you know, this is the only activity I have right now outside of my house. Yeah. I can, um, I could see that. Cause it is, I mean, it's therapeutic for me to come. And I, when I was down there a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was there for an hour, I think, vacuuming <laughs> out my car and stuff. It is, it's very therapeutic. I lit, I'm literally just listening to podcasts in my earbuds and just yep. cleaning my car. We so see that often. It's, it's cool. Um, how about you guys? It was a huge pivot for us. I think the biggest challenge was there was no roadmap for us. We were deemed um, essential, but we didn't even, nobody knew what we were dealing with with the virus. We didn't know what kept our team members safe. Um, And we deal with a very large volume of people from all different walks of life um, that walk up, try to walk in our doors, come through our drive-through. Um, so I think the hardest challenge was that we just didn't know what we were dealing right. with, that we were considered essential, but we didn't know those people that were watching what was, what did they think was safe, um, what did we think was safe. We didn't have any evidence of how the virus was passed um, or where the risk really There lied. was just so many unknowns at that point. Yeah, and we yeah. had a lot of team members that were scared. They didn't want to be at work. Um, and so, you know, immediately trying to figure out what our solutions were to keep our team members safe from our guests, keep our guests safe from our team members, keep our team members safe from each other, obviously keeping our food continually safe, which is something we you all the do. time That's have at the top of our minds. Um, so that so, wasn't so as you, much of a pivot. you kept then. your food fairly healthy before, uh, there was no viruses. <laughs> you know, being... we, we do our best. <laughs> I'm sure they, uh, they have some codes that you need to pass yes. with that, right? Um, yeah. Any other challenges that came along with COVID that, that stick out to you? Yeah. I think one of the biggest things for me was, you know, we did a a great job or we feel like we did a great job at controlling what we can control within the restaurant. When you have a hundred team members, you can't control every element of their life. And if one of them decides to, uh, rebel, yeah, you know, execute unsafe practices outside of work, that contaminates everything. Or if they're sick and they decide to come into work, that kind right, of stuff. Right, yeah. right, right. So um, I was sharing with some friends the other day a picture of a gentleman who looks like he's about 85, and he says, I'm 39, and I, you know, I, feel, I feel great. Um, <laughs> that's that's kind of how I feel as a yeah. business owner right now, you know? <laughs> right. You, Chris, you look like you're 85 years old. I'm like, no, I'm 36, but I feel great. Um, you know, it's there's so many different things, like Matt attested to. There's the regulatory environment. There's the safety environment. There's the just staying open environment. Um, but you know what? The Lord has blessed us incredibly, and we are so thankful, absolutely so thankful um, that we can continue to employ the team members that we have and serve our community. Um, I thought it was really fun to see 
what all the different business owners are doing, right? You want somebody well, creative. Well, you like the creativity, yeah. I love the creativity. I love the problem-solving aspect. I love the genuine entrepreneurship of like, that's a true entrepreneur that says, well, let me measure the risk and then decide what I'm going to do, yeah. right? If There's a lot of people that aren't cut out for that. It's not in their DNA and they're not the right person to be a business owner mm-hmm. and, and an entrepreneur. We see that in churches because right now that's the same thing. Churches are trying to figure out. We, did, we couldn't do Adventure Week, which was sure. such a bummer because Adventure Week is one of the highlights of the year because we get the kids are all, 450 kids on campus and we get to teach teach the gospel to them. And it's just such a big event, right? And we were just like, man, it was a gut punch to not, it was already a gut punch when it was like, we thought we were going to be open again by Easter, which now that's laughable. But then it was like, is adventure week going to happen? Cause it's in June. Are we going to be okay by then? And then it was like, all right, how are we going to adjust this? And they built a, a TV set basically in yep. the, in the kids wing. And we made a TV show and y'all killed it. And it, it was, was amazing. Awesome. And job. what ended up being such a, a cool thing was that that didn't just go to the kids this time. It went to the, uh, first of all, it went to, I think like eight or 900 homes and that's multiple kids in each home. And that's parents now getting to see the message of the gospel, like all the different things ends up being this huge, like, okay, God's working in that too. Um, and, but the creativity that you had to do to adjust into how are we going to do this? Cause we are, we obviously want people on our campus. That's, we love to have people here. We love doing events and you know, the leaders of the church here, we like the big events. It's fun. We want to do Bethlehem and, and Christmas town for Christmas, but we're not sure what we're going to be able to do, you know? Um, and having to have the creativity is really, I mean, it stands out. It's also very fun to see what some people have. I mean, there's the uh, King for King and Country is doing drive-in concerts. And I've been seeing lots of videos of that. And I'm like, that's awesome. People miss concerts, drive-in concerts. That's great. Yeah. I mean, drive-in theater has been around for a long time, right? Let's make it a concert. Yeah. For us, it was things like, how do we take payment without touching? Right. You didn't You didn't realize how many, how many touch opportunities there were, right? So how do we take payment without touching? How do we um, have our team members washing their hands every half an hour at the time when they're outside taking orders in the drive-thru? So then we have outside hand-washing stations, you know, just really pivoting to how we... Um, need to serve our team, serve our guests and reinvent those interactions was, was definitely a challenge without a roadmap, but was really, really fun. Well, let's ask one final question. We have a lot of people within our church and, um, I, I'm not sure if there's any people that listen to this that aren't part of Spring Hills, but if they are, um, they might, there might be a few people that fit this description. People that are not only business owners, um, people that are, you know, like entrepreneurs, but work in business are still in the, in, you know, the workforce how do we encourage just you maybe as business owners or just as, you know, Christian people that are working in a business, how do we encourage these people? Because this has been a challenging eight months. Um, it's, it's weird. How do we encourage them um, just to keep moving forward? What's something you can share that might be an encouragement to people working wherever they're working, wherever they're working right now as Christians in the workforce? So we'll keep the order as you've had it with sure. You yeah. We can go to, we can go to that. that first. Um, you know, for someone that is in business and not a Christian, um, my heart goes out to them, and I would ask them to really consider looking at what it means to be a Christian. Um, and for those people that um, are in business and happen to be a Christian, when you are running up against some of these tough times, um, for me, as I said earlier, I found Scripture uh, was my uh, my solitude. I really felt like I was having a direct relationship, a direct conversation um, with with God. And and that I was waking up at 4.30 in the morning energized 
to do it. Uh, you know, at first it started off, I was work, waking up at like six and I would read for about a half an hour and then get on with my day. And then I found at times I was waking up at four, four thirty in the morning, energized. Looking forward to it. it. And it was almost like he woke me up, you know, it was like, Hey, come on, we're going to, we're going to talk this through. And, nap, let's go. And, and I would read scripture and I would come up with answers for some of the, you know, deepest, darkest challenges that I was having with our construction pro, uh, process and the people that I felt were standing in my way and how am I supposed to deal with this person where I really just want to wring their neck. I had to find another way to deal with it. And, uh, and I found that as hokey as it may sound for some people listening to me saying that, that is my truth. I found my answers in just turning to scripture. And, uh, so that would be my advice to the Christian. Um, and I think it would also be my advice to the non-Christian if they would be open to that. Yeah. Awesome. Medford's. Um, Amanda probably has a better response to this than I do. Um, but I think ultimately uh, our calling is to love Christ and inspire others to do likewise. Yeah. And um, uh, I have to often remind myself that while the business provides uh, a financial platform within which or upon which to live, that's not why we are in this. We're in this to serve people and to execute the will of the Lord. And, um, you know, COVID needs um, physicality in order to spread. The gospel does not. And so uh, there's no way that COVID's going to hold us back from that. And, um, like, Yes, payroll might get really tough. Um, sales might put a damper on things uh, or a diminishment of sales. But um, there's absolutely nothing that, well, there's very few things, and COVID is not one of them, that can prevent us from investing deeply in people and um, spreading kindness, care, and love to everybody and exuding the elements of the gospel, even if I'm not talking to you about Mark 5.21, right? Um, our business desire is to make you so curious as to why we behave the way we do that you're yeah. going to ask questions. Yeah. And COVID's not going to stop us from doing that. It might slow us down at some points, but it's not going to stop us. Yeah. Did you have a better answer than? That was a pretty good answer. <laughs> it was, Chris. I don't know why you said good. that, but yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I think similarly, um, the principles in the Bible, they work. They're good. Um, they're proven. It's almost like time. God knows what he's talking about, it's huh? It's like he does. <laughs> I think he does. Um, and and part of the reason we love Chick-fil-A is because the biz we sassed you about Christ didn't die for businesses, right? Yeah, yeah. right? Um, but I our, like sass, by the way. Sass is one of my favorite things. It's one of my specialties. <laughs> um, our business, Chick-fil-A as a whole and, and individually within our store, um, those principles are interwoven in what we do. Um, we teach our team members, regardless of who they are, right? It would be illegal for us to only hire <laughs> certain kinds right, yeah. of people in our business. Um, our business is as diverse as Sonoma County, um, but we teach them um, biblical principles. Our conflict model is a biblical conflict model. Um, we expect our team members to treat each other 
um, and to care for each other in ways that are aligned with the Bible because that works. That's how conflict is or, uh, resolved well. Um, we teach um, the story of the Good Samaritan, and we talk about going the second mile um, within our business. Those match the Bible because they work. Um, and they care for people well, which yeah. is which is our goal. Um, so I would just encourage people while while you might be in an environment where you don't feel comfortable shouting your faith from the rooftops or you feel constricted. You know, I used to teach in in juvenile hall, right? They're not like, why don't you teach a lesson out of the Bible to the kids, right? But um, in, regardless of what those restrictions can be, you can still align yourself with what the Bible teaches, um, practice those things in in your life and that will spark questions. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, well, thank you so much for coming down here, making the, the time to do this. I know I canceled on you one time because I had to, you know, put a soundboard together. Um, but I appreciate you guys making the time to do this. Uh, I, any other last closing thoughts you, uh, you wanted to share before we take off? I don't want to want to close you guys off too quick. Are you good? We're good. I'm good. Awesome. We would just like to say it's been our pleasure uh, to be of here. Course. Thank you for yeah, coming. Yeah, thank you for coming on. It's our pleasure. Um, yeah, great. All right, thank you guys for being here.